Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. If the Clippers could only defend Luka the way my man Jay Will did this weekend, maybe things would be a little bit different. It's Monday morning. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line, including the NBA's best insider, Woj, at 7.30 a.m. Eastern to tell us what the NBA world is saying and buzzing about Luka this morning. How was your Saturday and Sunday morning, Kigu weekend? Yeah, I've been good, man. I, you know, just chilling and, and had it, went out to the Hamptons and hung out. But funny story, though, is, is I was grocery shopping uh, prior to leaving. I went to Trader Joe's. Name drop. And, and, well, Trader Joe's. I mean, it's a sponsorship opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till they hear this story. So I'm, I'm you know, I get, I got the little bags, you know, mm-hmm. my own bags, and I get there, but I filled up my basket. And I'm sitting there saying to myself, y'all, I'm like, how am I going to get all this stuff home? And I had two bags. And I'm like, okay, it's only a few blocks. I get it. But I can't. I'm not carrying 30 bags or whatever it was home. So I looked around. You done stole the cart. I said, I'm about to take this damn cart. (laughs) So I'm walking down the street pushing big old red cart. And people was looking at me. And I'm just hoping, man, I hope nobody, I hope I don't see the police. I hope nobody. Did you have the shades on? Did you have a hat on? No, I just, I had shades on. But still, you know, you can still, I'm big. So I'm like, man. And it just remind me of when I was younger. Yeah. You could take the grocery carts home. Mm -hmm. And they had people ride around in trucks to pick them back up. Mm -hmm. And I haven't seen that in years, right? That's not the case no more. You started again. You know, they got at Target, they have those little brake stoppers on you where you get X amount of distance away from the the place. It It stops it. It doesn't allow you to take it past it. No, I was rolling. I was rolling right down the street. And the crazy thing is all the little cobblestones. You know how the East Coast of New York is. All the color. And I'm just going along the way. That was the funniest thing ever. And I, my wife was like, how did you get all this stuff home? I was like, I grocery carts downstairs near the cars in the garage. She was like, you took I'm like, yeah, I took it. What do you want me to do? Top that story. You do, I, you I, I can't top weekend? that story. I can't top that story. I was in here with Maria Taylor and Jalen Rose watching the games last night. Speaking of moving, you were talking about moving down those cobblestone streets. Paul George is moving into oblivion. He has been pathetic. He's the first guy to shoot below 25% in three straight playoff games since Bob Cousy in 1960. We've been talking about how great Luka was on the opposite end. PG, not so much. This is PG on Friday. You can tell this is all getting into his head, Jay, because he invoked a guy that he's not even playing in this round of the playoffs. Let's listen to this. Or not? Do we have the sound? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I'm I'm no James Harden. I'm no, you know, I, that, that's that's not my knack is to, to shoot the ball and score the ball. Um, you know, I can, um, and I pride myself on being effective on both ends. Um, but it's gonna be nice like this, where I just can't make a shot, um, and I gotta, I can't allow that to affect my game. Um, I still gotta be aggressive. I still gotta try to make plays. Um, I'm, I'm going to do everything I can um, to win a ball game. And um, some nights it's just going to be like that. I'm not going to make shots, um, but I got to find a way to make an impact. Why, why did he throw shade at James? Wow. That's what I'm asking. That's what I'm saying. It's out of nowhere he's going to throw shade at James. What does James Harden have to do with anything? Nothing, right? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, look, Charles Barkley was lighting him up on the TNT broadcast the other day. He's like, I don't, I don't hear them call me Championship Chuck. They, I, mean, I haven't won a championship. They want to call me Championship Chuck. And I, look, I'm not going to go as far as everybody calling him Pandemic P. But the reality is <laughs> wow. that, look, man, wow. he, he averaged 22 points 
in the regular season, shooting 41% from the three-point line. Now he's averaging 15 his last three games. I mean, he's had nine points in their loss last night, 11 points before, and 14. And the reason why he was brought to the Clippers is to be Batman and Robin with the likes of Kawhi. All I'm going to say is this. Altitude is disorienting, right? When you're in OKC, when expectations weren't to win a world championship. When you're in Indiana, expectations weren't to win a world championship. Now that we have expectations to win a world championship and you're asked about these things, battling through energy, battling through energy. All I'm saying, Key, is every team takes over the persona of their best player. Like, look at the Lakers, right? Everybody acts in accordingly to the LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Kind of the same way with Houston, with James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Same thing with Milwaukee, Giannis and the Bucks. right? When you look at this Clipper team, how come they don't take over the persona of Kawhi Leonard? Everybody kind of seems like... They're on our own thing. Montrez Harrell, which I'm sure we'll talk about sooner or later. You got Playoff P kind of listening. James Harden talking random trash. It doesn't seem like Kawhi seems like the only person just going to work each and every night with the exception of maybe Lou Will. Well, I think they do take on Kawhi's personality to a degree. Um, They don't take on his skill set, though. And when you don't have a guy like that opposite of your star player, you're going to struggle. Anthony Davis can match. LeBron James to a degree. They can they can battle. One can hit for 32, the other can hit for 28 on a consistent basis. And Paul George has struggled in bright moments in his throughout his career, whether it was Indy, whether it's OKC, and now we're looking at it as far as the Clippers go. Do I think when you look at guys like this who's supposed to be at the top of their game, struggling in the playoffs to learn how to get out of it, typically they do. But for whatever reason, these three games, he hasn't figured out how to get out of it. And then when you basically throw somebody else in the conversation like he did with Harden that had nothing to do with it, people are going to really start to look at your game and break it all the way down, much like you said Chuck did on TNT. That's Charles Barkley. Um, So he's got to go back and get back in the lab, figure out, what it is that his struggle that he's struggling with and try and fix it. Now maybe Doc will have that sidebar conversation with him. Maybe Ty Lue will have that sidebar conversation with him to get him to start to perform at the level that they went out and got him that they expect for him to do alongside Kawhi Leonard. Just got to keep shooting. I mean, I, I'm sure you've had these situations before if you drop a ball or two. No, that, that didn't happen. It never Sorry. happened. No, we, <laughs> well, we're not doing that. It's shooter to shoot, right? Like I have no memory. So I think for playoff P, just continue to shoot just to be yourself. But it sounds I, I know, like it sounds like though Jay Will right there though he doesn't want to shoot based well, on what he's saying. It's almost like he's like you know I'm slumping, but I'm no James Harden. Now James Harden gonna shoot 55 times if you allow him to. Well, I would say to that find his rhythm, and it doesn't sound like Paul wants to do that. It is concerning because last night he he caught the ball multiple times and was open and chose not to shoot. Didn't even look at the rim. Didn't even look at the rim. So is it the shoulder? Let me shoulder? ask you real, real quick though. What, what happens? What happens in basketball? Because in football, I rely on basically 11 people, and I, I take myself out of that. I rely on offensive linemen, tight ends, running backs, quarterbacks, offensive coordinator to get me the ball. In basketball, when guys don't shoot, is it that they become gun-shy? They just get scared? They don't want to do it? Like, what, what happens? I, I think for, for Paul, he, he's trying to revert back to things that he knows he can do, which is being consistent with his effort. Right. And I think it starts to it's a it's like inception. It's a seed that continues to grow and grow in your mind about your own shot. And psychologically, you talk yourself out of it. But I think for him that also the problem with the Clippers is like, think about the difference between that game last night. Luca makes the game so easy Mm -hmm. for everybody. 
who makes the game easy for Paul George? Who makes the game easy for Kawhi? Who makes the game easy for Patrick Beverly? They're all one-on-one dynamic scores. Nobody makes the game easy. So if you have a PG that, you know, comes down, I'm talking about point guard, comes down and creates a shot, gets you a wide open look, three or four possessions in a row, like you get your rhythm that way instead of trying to create your own shot by yourself. Man, I'd just be a hot dog if I was him. I'm going to shoot every time down the floor. Y'all going to have to cut me. Well, real quick, on this note, obviously it was a huge moment when they landed Kawhi and Paul George, and you've said it best. Everybody has one bad game. We completely write him off. He could bounce back. He is that type of player. But is there any buyer's remorse right now? The Clippers, we're talking five. They can have him. Five first-round picks, Jay. They, they, hey, look, they can have him. We begged for him in L.A. for the Lakers for a long time. We was <laughs> like, yeah, he coming. Woo, we get PG. He from around the corner at the crib. And then he said he didn't want to come. We like, right now, we like, yeah, good. How about this? The Clippers have been fully healthy, meaning that they had zero players on their injury report for just 12 games this season. Just 12 games this season. So somebody's always been hurt. They, they haven't been together. I'm not going to jump to a conclusion and say, hey, buyer's remorse. I mean, it's a 2-2 series. Luka's a, an incredible talent. But I'm not going to be one of these people who say, oh, I'm going to pick the Mavs to win a world championship. We had, I had texts com- text coming to my phone last night saying, are the Mavs one of the favorites to win a world championship now? And I'm saying, what, what is this? I don't, I don't know why I did it, but those are the people sending me the texts, right? All I'm saying is that. And I'm the nerdy guy. What's going Luke, on Luke is special. I feel like that's Keyshawn when he does his, his promotional reads. Hey, I'm Keyshawn Johnson. I'm just, I still think the Clippers are going to be there at the end of the day. And it doesn't matter how you get past the series. All that matters is that you get through the series and you find a way to reestablish that can, momentum. If they do that, it won't be a problem. Can they get through it, though? I think they're. I still, I still think they're my favorite to get through it. Fair enough. 31 different starting lineups this year for the Clippers. They didn't have Harrell for most of the time in the bubble. Now he's Patrick working Patrick Beverly's still not playing. Yep. Yep, absolutely. He missed the last game. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Cars, homes, boats, motorcycles, RVs, and more at Progressive.com. Still to come. Is Pete Carroll progressive enough to welcome Earl Thomas back to the Seahawks after a bitter parting? He says yes, and he explains why it's not as crazy as it sounds at all. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Let's roll from A to Z with the letter D, as in Dustin Johnson. Jay, I know you play a lot of golf. You ever shoot 30 under over a four-day span? No. 
30. Nor do I strike the ball under. like Dustin Johnson. <laughs> Only the third player in tour history to finish at 30 under or better, an 11 shot win, the biggest you, since lefty won by 13 strokes. You probably got all the gear, head to toe, <laughs> a glove in the back pocket, and everything. Oh, yeah. Play a lick of golf. No, I'm like a 13 handicap. 13.2, actually. Speaking of 13, Mickelson won by 13, 14. Years ago, back into the wheelhouse. See how he tried to play me, Zubin? See how he tried to play me? <laughs> then I hit him back with a handicap. He didn't say nothing. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. Keyshawn speechless for the first time in recorded history. <laughs> I'm going to bring Keyshawn on the golf course, Key. We got to get you out there. I'm going to get you the whole outfit. You're going to be out there talking trash, drinking tequila. It's going to be a fun time. In the NBA, fun time. Mitchell at 51, Murray at 50, Jazz over the Nuggets in a classic 129-127 in the bubble key. This is the first time guys in opposing teams have gone for at least 50 in a playoff game. Crazy. I mean, two young, bright stars in the NBA. Donovan Mitchell, I had an opportunity to watch it from beginning to end last night. And just, I mean, that's the first time I really locked in on him. Different, man. It's a different dude. I don't know how they miss on guys, but different dude. Just saying, the game is in great hands when you have young players like Donovan Mitchell and Luka Doncic. And let's hope he stays in Utah to keep the competitive balance of the league what it is. He says he loves it there. We might take him. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of love, I don't think there's any love loss between the Ravens and Earl Thomas. Here's what happened over the weekend. Mark Andrews catches a touchdown pass at training camp, Earl Thomas blows the coverage. His teammate Chuck Clark, one of the most mild-mannered guys on the team, comes over to give the business to Thomas, takes his helmet off in frustration. Does Clark, Thomas socks him. The leadership council coach told head coach John Harbaugh, we don't want him here anymore, which leads you to believe, Jay, that this was definitely not a one-time incident, but the culmination of quite a bit since he was signed in March of 2019. Key, why are you guys, why are football players fighting all the time? We're a little tougher than basketball, to oh, be honest you, with really? you. Yeah, we, we, I'm sure there's some basketball players out there that get into the little scuffle, push and shoves here and there and wait for the teammates to break it up, get between. But in football, it's like, so first of all, training camp is hot as hell. Mm-hmm. And, and they're in Baltimore, so you know it's humid. Yeah. And they're mad. They're sitting there. They're listening to coaches, talking, screaming, holler at them, and, and coverages are being blown. So at the end of the day, they're sitting up there, Saying to themselves, and I'm sure Earl probably had some issues with some of the teammates in the past, getting underneath his skin, he getting underneath theirs, and this was a perfect opportunity for the, mm. you know, they, it happens. I've gotten into little, you know, little squabbles with teammates before. Little squabbles? No, it didn't. It didn't. For me, it ended well. For them, it didn't end well. I'm just saying that's just part of it. I mean, See, yeah, it happens in basketball, just not the same frequency it happens. Man, I don't know. The basketball is... It, it's a lot of, hold me back, Keisha. Yeah, it's not hold real. Hold me back. Don't basketball, let me get to him. Basketball is not... Like, when you swing in football, they swing it, man. I, I've seen some just like, he can ready to go to jail. Now, I saw one swing. I saw Shaquille O'Neal swing at Brad Miller, and he just missed his head. And that might have that might have ended badly. There's some people in basketball you ain't trying to fight. Shaquille O'Neal is one of them. Well, why would you? Look at him. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but that's stupid to even try to go up <laughs> against him. And Earl Thomas is a smaller stature guy, 5'10". You ain't 220. That ain't small. No, 202. 202. Okay. That still ain't small. Compact. And and so he's a little fire plug, man, and and much respect to him as a football player. But you got to know who you're dealing with outside of football. You just got to know. See, I got the popcorn. I'm watching the fights. I interviewed when he was was part of the Legion of Boom. I had a sit-down interview for Countdown with him and all those guys. And his intensity was... I could tell. I'm like, yeah, I, I, 
I get this dude. Palpable. Yeah, I get him. I know what he's coming with. Mm. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance as part of the Fantasy Football Marathon presented by EA Sports NFL Madden 21. Remember to sign up and play fantasy football by going to ESPN.com slash FFL or downloading the ESPN Fantasy app. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. And we're hanging. Well, all right. <laughs> somebody <laughs> told we're me, here. Somebody told me to uh, stop talking at that well, point. But I'll here's what I would say, Zubin. It ain't talent. It ain't talent. It ain't talent. Bottom line, let's listen to John Harbaugh. He's going to speak here. Uh, back and forth. He didn't want to really be he- hearing anything about Earl Thomas and his departure from the team. Reporters tried, and it went nowhere. Well, I think the statement speaks for itself. You know, there's really not much more to add to that and just planning on leaving it at that at this point. Just thought I'd follow up with regards to the players. There were reports that the players really talked with you about Earl's situation and how much that may have impacted things. Can you speak to that at all? Not really. No reason to. Um, we always talk. We have great communication with our players. We talk about everything all the time. That's where we're at with it. We always talk. Did they have a role in any of Like I said, you know, we're going to leave it at the statement. All right, so John Harbaugh doesn't want to talk about it, but you want to talk about perhaps a reunion key between Pete Carroll and Earl Thomas in Seattle, which I would think on the surface would be about the last place many think he would end up. Yeah, Z, you know, because they look at he didn't get the contract that he wanted when he was in Seattle. He gave uh, Coach the bird when he got hurt. So a lot of times people just assume there's a relationship that went sour there when that's really not necessarily the case. You, you look at the team, yes, they traded for Jamal Adams, but Earl Thomas can fit right in with no problem at all. Jamal's still on the field. You insert Earl Thomas into the lineup for a cheaper price. Pete's always welcomed players that he's had in the past, whether it was in college or whether it was in the NFL, to his teams. I mean, once upon a time, he took Laurie Malloy as a dinosaur from the New England Patriots and put him in Seattle. You think about bringing Marshawn Lynch back where a lot of people felt like Pete Carroll, Jay and Marshawn Lynch were not, you know, they were not on the same page when he decided to retire and unretire. He brought him back. Mike Williams, a former number one pick of USC that played for Pete. That was somewhat of a bust in Detroit, not somewhat of a bust, a bust in Detroit, former USC Trojan. He brought him to Seattle, gave him a little rebirth in his career again. So I wouldn't be shocked or surprised if, if, if the, the Seattle Seahawks and, that organization kind of sat around the room and said, what do you think? Let me ask you this question, Keith, because I, my brain goes back to 2017 where I saw Earl Thomas literally run down the hallway in Seattle to grab Jason Garrett and literally saying to him, hey, come get me. Come get me, right? He's from Orange, Texas. Mm-hmm. A lot of players want to go back home. 
Is it, a, is it a money situation? Don't you see him wanting to be in Dallas? What do you think is a better fit for Earl Thomas? A better fit would, to me would be in Seattle. He can, you can, the defense is the same. He walks right in. He doesn't have to learn a whole lot. There's no major learning curve. In Dallas, you got to fit in. You got to figure out the new scheme, all of those sort of things where you go right into Seattle. They know, first of all, Seattle knows who you are, what you are. They know about your injury history. They know about your temperament. They know about all of those sort of things. And it's just a – to me, it's like you can revisit that lesion of boom all over again, teach Jamal Adams how to play the position at a high level, higher than what he is already. And it's just like – it just seems like it would be the right fit to be back in Seattle, coming back home, you know, being a part of something special. Now, going to Dallas would be cool too. They need a safety. I'm just saying, like, their defense was 10th overall, and last year they had seven picks, right? So it's you think about what he can add to that secondary, it makes it pretty special. No, he, he Dallas wouldn't be a bad situation, a bad fit, but Seattle just would be better, better. than me. It just would be better. Schefter says, think about the Cowboys. That's the team you really need to be thinking about here. As Jay said, a reunion, proximity-wise, could definitely be in the offing, and scheme-wise, too. I've been told that the Dallas Cowboys would be a quote-unquote leading contender for Earl Thomas's services. They've been linked to Earl Thomas since his time in Seattle. We'll see whether or not that actually winds up materializing, but Earl Thomas's time in Baltimore will be coming to an end one way or another. And indeed, it is over after that 17-word statement the team put out. Key, he signed a four-year deal worth $55 million. And let's just be honest, the Cowboys have never been shy about taking on big-time personalities that have had on the field or off the field problems. Randy Gregory still trying to come back. My goodness, they had Greg Hardy on the roster. Alden Smith has actually played very well at training camp this year. I hope he can turn it around. They had T.O. who had no off the field problems, but was a little bit of a nuisance on the field. Rolando McClain, David Irving, the list goes on and on. <laughs> Man, you just running it down. <laughs> just breaking it down. They have never had an issue bringing in big personalities or guys that haven't fit anywhere and said, it can work here. Well, he look, Earl Thomas is a pro. I think he's a seven-time All-Pro. I mean, he's a future Hall of Famer in my opinion. When you look at what he brings to the table, he's won Super Bowls. He's played in Super Bowls. He knows what it takes to get there. He's had deep playoff runs. That certainly would be an added extra benefit for the Dallas Cowboys to bring in veteran leadership like that. I just think that when you talk about going home and all the right pieces in place for him to go back to Texas, it's great. But Seattle is just – it just seems right. I know Kansas City tried to sign him before he decided to, to – he agreed to a deal with Kansas City. Then he decided to get out of that deal to go to Baltimore and pick up the big contract. Like you said, Baltimore's trying to recoup $10 million of guaranteed money that's due to him. He'll probably wind up winning or, or somehow uh, negotiating some sort of salary with them to say, hey, instead of 10, give me, give me eight and I, I want to go play football. That may be in the cards. But Seattle can get him on the cheap, and so can Dallas. It's going to come down to him. Who does he want to be with Exactly. on top of who's going to push the right amount of money in front of him? I'm just saying that 2020 has been the year to expect the unexpected. It's going to be interesting to see what position Dallas is going to have themselves in when it's all said and done with the talent that they have. Especially from the Dallas Cowboys to the Dallas Mavericks. We'll talk about the greatness of Luka Doncic with the NFL's best insider in two minutes. But first, here's SportsCenter. Finney Smith to inbound. Back to Doncic. Doncic pulls up. Three-pointer. Bang! Bang! 
It's good. Doncic wins the game at the buzzer. That was Mike Breen on ABC, and that was Luka Doncic, which the biggest shot of his young career. First guy ever to have a 40-point triple-double in a playoff buzzer beater in one game. Mavs over the Clippers, 135-133. Key, it goes from best of seven to essentially best of three now. And, yes, we will uh, be having Jay wear something once the Mavs beat up on the Clippers. I haven't decided... What we're going to put him, might put him in, uh, never mind. I can't say that. How about TV. a sweater? Oh. I, can, I can get you a sweater you if you a want sweater? a sweater. Yeah, we can get him, I, I, I we can get him, you bet. get him a sweater and I'm going to get him something else. <laughs> I'm no, starting I'm, to worry about you, Key. Well, somebody should have bet on the Jazz. We, I know we had a bet on the uh, Mavericks and the Clippers. Jazz Nuggets would have been easy. Donovan Mitchell, 51. Jamal Murray, 50. Jazz win 129-127. Also a very underrated story in the bubble, how well Rudy Gobert has played after he started this whole worldwide sports shutdown. So much talk about Spider Mitchell, but Rudy has been absolutely terrific. And we just talked about it moments ago, but just to reiterate, the Ravens releasing safety Earl Thomas. They signed him just last March. On-field altercation where he punched a teammate. He said, don't be surprised if he ends up back in Seattle. It's not out of the question. Adam Schefter says right now the Cowboys are the front runner. Sports Center brought to you by Goodyear. Goodyear knows why we all love basketball. It's diving for the loose ball. It's jumping for a block shot. It's driving the lane and rising up for a dunk. We love basketball because we love to move. What moves you? Goodyear, more driven. Uh, I was just trying to make it, you know. Uh, I can't explain the emotions. Back to Dodgic. Dodgic pulls up, three-pointer. Bang! Bang! It's good! Dodgic wins the game at the buzzer! Uh, one of the best feelings I've ever had. It's just something special, man. This team is something special. Incredible. A 40-point triple-double. He led the NBA in triple-doubles this year at the age of 21. Woj will be here in just a minute to talk about what the league is saying about Luka this morning. Jay, this is something you hit on over the weekend before Luka was a game-time decision with the ankle injury. By the way, he did it last night without Porzingis. And that is, never underestimate the fact that that he was playing with grown men in Europe before he came to the NBA. Mm -hmm. He was signed to a pro deal by the age of 13, which is amazing because that was just eight years ago, which seems a little ridiculous when you think about it on the surface. But he's been sort of groomed for this moment just because of the quality of competition he's played even before he got to the NBA. That's why originally this morning when I said that he's a more skilled, better better shooting not as athletic version of LeBron James at, at, that, at this age. At, at that age, that's not unrealistic because he's. Think about what you think about the advantages that you have when you actually start training the right way, eating the right way. You're around professionals. You you learn the nuances of the game. They don't. They try to teach you that in college, but the college game is so different as opposed to the pros game. That's why he excels in pick and rolls. He understand. He's the master of pace. You can't speed him up. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Get your quote at Progressive.com today. Let's go to the Shell Pennzoil performance line. All of our guests join us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line, including the NBA's best insider, Woj, is with us Woj. this morning. ESPN senior insider, Woj, joining the show. Brought to you by the new Ford Super Duty built Ford Tough. Adrian, when you talk to people around the league about Luka Doncic, what do you hear? Well, hey guys, it's been a conversation that's gone on from back when he was playing um, in the Spanish ACB as a young teenager. And I had uh, Goran Dragic on my podcast last week down here in Orlando, and they played on the Slovenian national team together. They won 
the Eurobasket in I think 2017, you know, Slovenia is a country of two or three million people. Um, and for them to go win essentially the European championship against uh, Spain and France and, uh, you know, some of the more traditional uh, powers was a remarkable upset. And they gave, I mean, Dragic was an all-star. He had that next year, he became an NBA all-star. And Luca was a 17-year-old young player who went through systematically in that tournament, took out Porzingis, took out Spain, and he, you know, he'd give Luca the ball at the end of games, and you could see it there. And the thing about Doncic is just the way he relishes these pressure moments, and the great ones have it. And you know, uh, Mike Schmitz and Jonathan Gavone, our draft analysts, who I mean, go back to their how they analyzed uh, uh, Luca when he was in Europe and coming into that draft. And there was a debate here about who should be number one. There was no debate with those two who had seen everybody. They said, this is, the, this is a future all-star. This is a future MVP candidate. This is the best prospect Europe that the NBA has ever had from overseas. There really should be no debate about number one. And this is, it is rare, and, and, and Jay knows, it, like with LeBron James, when that player who was a childhood prodigy, sometimes they flame out. Sometimes the pressure's too much. Sometimes they peak too soon. It is rare that the LeBron, and I'm not trying to compare anybody to LeBron, but it is compare. It is rare when that guy who was that guy from when he was 12, 13, 14, 15 years old becomes that guy at 21. Um, you, you you just have something that's generational. Don't worry, Woj. I'll do it for you. I'm comparing him to LeBron. <laughs> uh, how about on the flip side for the Clippers? We watched Kawhi Leonard easily switch off to Reggie Jackson on Luka Doncic on that last possession. Then obviously Doc coming out with comments last night saying that they were weak mindset-wise. Uh, what do you take about the Clippers' performance? Well, listen, they've been outplayed largely in this series. And to think and with a chance to take a 3-1 lead and uh, Porzingis out and you know Doncic on an ankle that he had been having treatment on since Friday night, you know, there was an opportunity, especially defensively. This Clipper team was built to be able to throw bodies at a player like that, to be able to switch on. I mean, look at how many elite defenders from Kawhi, Paul George, uh, Marcus Morris, big, strong, athletic, long players. And he went through one after another after another. Everybody they throw at him. And if he doesn't beat you with the shot, he beats you with the drive. He passes the ball and has a vision and an ability to uh, elevate everybody around him. That is not a really talented team beyond Porzingis and Doncic. And he's playing without uh, Porzingis. And listen, we're seeing, you know, it's funny. People are talking about how much he's elevated his performance from the, from the time of the hiatus till now. Guys, he was playing like this before the season. I mean, he was playing at this level, at an MVP level, um, throughout last or this, um, the, the, you know, up until March 11th, and so, um, yeah, it, the the Clippers are going to have to hold on for dear life to win this series. Woj, how concerned are the Clippers about the way these things are playing out for them right now? It looks like they obviously they're two two. It can go the other way quick, fast, in a hurry. Well, I mean, they've got to get Paul George playing better. He knows that. They know that. Um, they were built to have two stars. They were built to have two 
of the of the NBA's very best players. Kawhi is in his own category. This is a you know player who has shown time and time again in the postseason, a two-time Finals MVP, that that he can do it in the biggest moments. And they were built to have two of those players. And I think Paul George will play better. Um, he he's going to have. I, I think maybe there was a thought they could get out of this series without him playing better. I'm not so sure anymore. And they certainly have. Again, a deep team, a team built, um, uh, you know, really to be able to withstand uh, as great as these two are in Dallas and as great as Doncic is, they should be able to win this series. And I think there's a great deal of pressure on them uh, to do that. But, hey, listen, they're 2-2. And, um, listen, the finish to this series is going to be probably the story of the bubble so far. Uh, speaking of the bubble, there's a team that's not in the bubble in the Philadelphia 76ers anymore. They're outdone. How likely is it that we'll see Brett Brown cleaning out his office and locker by the end of the week? Uh, likely. His his uh, his chances of staying in that job are bleak, I'm told. And uh, they haven't made a final decision yet, but the team's returning to Philly uh, from Orlando and, you know, seven years on the job, I think there comes a point for head coaches, and you guys know this, you, you kind of reach a point where your voice, be, there, there just needs to be a new voice, and maybe you've gone as far as you can go with somebody. And uh, I, I think the Sixers are, are, are at that point right now, and um, I, I do think that a, a change is very likely. Well, can you provide us context? How influential was Brett Brown in kind of constructing the overall lineup of this team? And then, what you know, to what degree do we start talking about Elton Brand and his job security as well? Hey guys, if listen, if people want to put now, if people want to put the GM responsibilities now on and the front office responsibilities on Brett, there are a lot of voices in Philadelphia. Maybe at times too many voices. Um, who who have a say in what it's going to look like. And they've made a lot of changes with the roster. They've made dramatic change and then made dramatic change again three or four months later. And so there's there's blame to go around in Philly. It is not all on Brett Brown, and uh, certainly. Um, but, there, again, a lot of voices in the front office around Elton Brand. There's voices above Elton Brand. And I don't think any decision in Philly has been made by any one person. Wow. Well, a lot of decisions to be made, obviously, Elton Brown, Brett, Brett Brown, but Joel Embiid as well, uh, Ben Simmons as well. Will those two be back with a new head coach next year, or will one be gone? Guys, I think that the preference of this organization has been to keep them together and, and maybe try it with a new coach before you break up, um, before you think about breaking that group up, you, you almost never get value when you trade players like that or trade a player, pick, pick either one. And I think that you've, you've got to exhaust all of the possibilities with two players who are still very young, who still are under contract for years to come. They're not one of them. Neither is becoming a free agent and you're about to lose them for nothing. That's not happening. So I think there's a sense of like we, we we've had three I think they've had three post seasons with those two and and obviously Simmons was out in this one so I I think there's a sense of 
there's other changes that could be made before you break up a core like that um, and, and probably do a trade where you don't really get value back. You can check out more from Woj on the Woj podcast. He mentioned Drogic at the age of 34. Jimmy Butler is loving playing with him right now. They're on the verge of a sweep later today. Download it wherever you get your podcast. Adrian, thank you so much. Thanks, Woj. Guys, thanks, thanks for having me. Talk All to right, you soon. Woj-y. Keyshawn, J. Will Zubin reminding you to listen to ESPN Audio at home via your smart speaker. ESPN Audio at home brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. Drive a Mercedes-Benz van and find out how far an extra mile really goes. From customization and service to financial assistance, Mercedes-Benz Vans are ready for Ooh, anything. Gotta are get you, that sprinter. Are you ready for Montrez Harrell versus Luka Doncic? Are you ready for Montrez Harrell versus Jay Williams? That wow. is on the way. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Ho-hum, ho-hum, 40-point triple-double and a buzzer beater at the age of 21. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Want to quickly mention Keyshawn J. Will Zubin also brought to you by Shell. Live sports are back just like the rest of us. We're all getting back on the road, stopping at a friend's place to watch the game or stopping to grab a bite at our favorite spot, safely and socially distant, of course. And between those stops, there's always Shell to help you make the most of the stop you need to make. Speaking of stop, most NBA fans were stopped in their tracks when early in the game between the Mavericks and the Clippers back on Friday night, that would be game three, a little bit of an altercation between Luka Doncic and Montrez Harrell, the latter of whom might be the NBA's sixth man of the year. They got into a little bit of a tete-a-tete, and it really elevated when Harrell appeared to call Doncic a, quote, you ready for this key? It's early in the morning at 748, a bitch-ass white boy. I believe that could be the highlight of my career. I've just uttered bitch-ass white boy on national radio. Then on Sunday, they sort of settled it. They embraced it midcourt. Wasn't a huge deal. This is what Doc Rivers had to say after the game. And you could kind of understand where he's coming from considering where we are. You just have to be careful, Rivers said. They were both talking. I don't think Luca was saying anything racial, but he was swearing. So they both were doing it. It's an emotional game. It's a playground game out there in the playoffs. The most important thing here, I said to him, hey, I don't think you meant anything racially by it. He said, white boy, but I don't think there was anything racial intended. But we are in a very heightened climate, and you have to be careful. On the other side, Jay, Doncic responded, quote, no worries. He wanted to squash it. In fact, he didn't even think it was a big deal on his end. There's a lot of emotions on the court, especially this is the playoffs. Sometimes you say things you don't want to say. He apologized. I respect that. So no problems. He even seemed surprised when Harold came up to him because he didn't think it was a big deal at all. So that's the backdrop, the comment on Friday, the reconciliation on Sunday, and everybody is weighed in, and you weighed in over the weekend as well. I did. I, you know, first off, 
This, this whole thing, Keon, I'm really glad that we as African-American men have this platform on this radio station to talk about this. It, it bothered me. And let's have a real conversation about it. There's a lot of other things that bother me, too. But considering that we just celebrated Kobe Bryant's birthday the other day, like I live my life. I try to be better at everything I do, at everything I do, being a husband, being a father, calling out all injustices. There was another black man killed last night in Wisconsin. That's an issue as well. Is it as high priority as the Matres Harrell issue? No, but I'm going to talk about everything. We're talking about everything here. So for me to go back in my mind is watching it just because it was something that was done on the court. Like I played basketball in inner cities. I've heard people use terminology like that growing up. It was acceptable back then, but it was never acceptable, right? It was something that was said. It doesn't make it right. No, it doesn't. So my thing is... (laughs) I wanted to bring attention towards it because I, I went to the point that in this heightened climate where Black Lives Matter on the basketball court and off and off with a guy like Luca, who's wearing equality on the back of his jersey. Yes. Right. For all people, knowing how many of my Caucasian brothers have stepped up in the midst of Black Lives Matter and talked openly about the way black people were treated. Even if it is a knee jerk reaction to go back to that moment, you can't do that. We have to preach and be what we want in the world, right? Yeah. And my thing is, I, you, you can't say things like that, considering that a guy like this is, it was just tough for me, man. No, I, I get it. It was but tough I also, for me, you know? But I, but I also understand how Doc was relaying the message to his player. I agree and, with that, too. And when you are in a situation in the heated moment, it believe it or not, and Jay played basketball at a higher level than me, but I've also been on the court with white dudes, black dudes, all sorts of different nationalities. And when you're out on the court, you say certain things, especially when you're getting cooked. All right, when you're getting worked by somebody, it becomes a heat of the moment. Now, he should apologize to him, and he shouldn't have never said it because it makes us as black men look bad because the first thing people start to exactly. point to is say, well, he said that, is it? Is it if we would have called him a black something, something, something. If you were to say, if Luca would have called him, let's say yeah, a bitch-ass black boy, oh yeah, if, if that would have been said, a really big story. If, if Luca would have said, bitch-ass black dude, or whatever the case may have been a bigger story, there's no question about it. And it's Cancel not, culture, quick for Luca. Lost it's all not, credibility. It's not fair at all, but I think when you look at it as a whole for so many years, it's just the, the being put in this situation for, for years on top of years and watching things take place where guys are getting gunned down in the streets and all that – it's not right, but I think when you're looking at it, for some reason, the benefit of the doubt to a degree is given to Harold when it really shouldn't be. Oh, I be. agree with that. When it really shouldn't be, it, it, it should but, be a situation where he apologizes. And Luca is like, he's probably been called names so many times, man, because his skill set is such so real. You go back to when Larry Bird played, Larry Bird said, it was a, a, a disgrace and disrespect you put a white dude on him. So imagine when a white dude is cooking and doing what he's supposed to do on the basketball court. Dudes is looking at him, and they just ready to snap. All I'm saying is let's call out everything. Like I, I, I get it. We, we can call everything. If there's something that's wrong, regardless of black or white, yes. let's call it for what it is, right? He shouldn't and, have and, did it. He's he wrong and, for and doing he's it. He's wrong for doing it. It's fine. Like, I, I never said that Montrez Harrell was a racist. Those words never came out of my mouth. I think Montrez Harrell is a great dude. I, we actually had a whole no, conversation think, about it. I don't think he a racist Yeah, at we had all. a whole conversation about it on DM via IG. All I'm saying is that I didn't think it was acceptable. Do you think people think he's a racist? No. Oh, okay. I, I think people jump to that conclusion. And here's also the problem, I mean, you can't Key. Pay people here's also the problem. Media, man. You know how I many people 
I was like, oh, you like a coon. And like, that's a problem. Or, or let me ask you People a question. People call me a coon on social media. Or, I'm like, I, really? Because you're speaking we, out for what's right. Before we move on, are you a coon? No. So don't even worry about it But then. no, it's, it's the thing, though. That's why do we People do that, though? Because people are stupid. They're going to say things that you, I cannot read into it, Z. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.